Here we are. It's the Christmas episode, everybody. This is, we got all dressed up for you to coax you into going on YouTube, but mostly to have fun. We just, I should have started recording before, uh, Ramin even jumped in here because the moment I saw this is easily the worst Santa beard I've ever whatever do you mean it's my own natural beard which I trim (laughs) once every year on my birthday Christmas that that material is incredible. It's like I don't I don't even I don't even get how that was somehow like cheaper than just a regular fake beard. It's like a weird it's like they took a part of a ghost costume and recycled it into a Santa beard. It's there's lots wrong with it. Yeah, it's pure wrong. It was the only fabric I could find with such short notice. Uh, oh, you made it? You made it yourself? <laughs> I took oh. Yeah, I took some oh, uh, I th- I thought you bought that. <laughs> I should like, sell this. This this looks who sold you that. Oh, if you made it, well then it's delightful. It's a it's a it's a masterpiece. It's a real piece of work. <laughs> no, it's it's one level above toilet paper, and that's generous. <laughs> In fact, I think toilet paper would have looked way better. I I we we talked, and we were like, you know, kind of the first intuition was, should I be Santa? I already have the beard, and I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. I don't have a Santa beard. And uh, so we made such the right decision because I have the perfect elf beard. Uh, it, it's it's just like the red with the green. It goes so well. Yeah, it these looks lights, legit. So these lights can do a lot of different things. I can make them stable. I think this is the best one. Is it crazy on your eyes? No, I like it. It's perfect. I think so too because if they... Let's see what we got here. This this is like, it's amazing. See, that's too much. Let's see. I just, I love the idea of this being sold as a Santa beard. (laughs) I thought that's what happened. I thought you bought that. It does look like, yeah, you just found a piece of fabric. It's like, uh, well, technically this is Christmas tree lining like the the bottom part that you're supposed to put a christmas tree on oh like the little carpet it was next oh. to the hats i'm like this is the only white beard type and of then thing you made it yourself oh, yeah, that was inventive you are a true artist what i should have done though since the hat costs the same as the fabric is i should have just bought another santa hat and then took the white then- scruffy part and made that into a beard Oh man! Well, you're gonna probably regret that for the rest of your life. I so don't this know. Is There's something stuff. really good about a really bad beard. I, it is pretty awesome. I like the way that it was. You trying to fix it is only making it look more like paper towel than it already does. <laughs> um, so this is off, which actually doesn't look bad because you can see the color of the lights. But this is pretty cool because you get a little bit of both. This is I I I marvel at how uh, 
I don't know if it's just because I was a kid and my parents were uh, thrifty and um, which which is the right way to go. You don't just give a kid like every it's endless. We're, uh, we're like human. All humans are bottomless pits of want, but kids are more so. They have a um, more gravitational pull for the want. Yeah, they yeah they don't have the they don't have the same impulse control. They haven't like they haven't figured out that that it just never ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we still do that as adults. Like we're it's just not fair. And that was the the main lesson when you're three years old. Yeah, but uh, but I was just struck by so I got this fantastic elf costume. I even I got a different hat, but this one is so dope because of you you go with the like like no one should wear a hat like this, and that's how you know it's good. Yes. It's, like this material's real bad. And uh and then it has little feet. Oh, that's <laughs> the best part. On the bottom of it. So and, where do your real legs where are they supposed to hide? Yeah, I guess you just have legs over your legs. Yeah. Like, if the camera was if it just pulled back a little bit more, then I'd have the, like, the legs are just on the desk right now, and that's kind of fun. I should have changed it a little <laughs> bit for this particular episode. Just but two limp little legs. These lights were, like, less than $5 for a light necklace battery and all i don't understand how cheap everything is and then and then like this this amazing elf costume was 35 bucks nice hat you get all this other i mean you know get to wear it to parties and stuff like that and uh it's i just i feel very uh like like you can just go into a costume store and just get whatever you want for. Like I had a I had a wizard costume that I wore around forever that was fantastic. It was like forty five dollars. Nice cane, cane uh, included. I think I got a cane. I yeah I got it. Maybe did it have a scepter? I know that I had a scepter with it. That was a piece of shit. But uh, but I got one. It might have been extra. But um, I'm a fan of the accessory. I think every costume should have at least a little accessory that comes with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then there's oh, is that just an orange hoodie that you have? That's no, that's, it's <laughs> red, a red one. <laughs> it must look different here outside of the North Pole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the problem is it's the north pole i did i did some exceptionally cursory research into i don't i don't think we're going to talk much about the like history and origin story of of uh of various christmas traditions just because i didn't have the time to look into it that much but Me one of style one of the th one of the things is, I mean, there's, we're gonna be doing this for a while. We can do that next year. I didn't even have the idea to do a Christmas episode till recently, but um, but there's just too much to talk about with Christmas anyway. Um, without 
listening to my lecture about how it's all <laughs> bullshit and here's the historical evidence of why that is the case well bullshit um, as opposed to what <laughs> well j- just like, like you know like like santa it, being real or not, what it's not actually jesus's birthday if jesus was a thing it certainly wasn't jesus it's jesus more like march right on, yeah, or fall, March or fall. It's it's probably a time when there was herding happening, which wasn't Christmas. Though I don't, I think I don't most know people know that, that now. I don't, I don't know why, or maybe not most world. people. Most people don't know what two plus two is, but and it's four because yeah, I'm one of the elite. Just a replacement for winter solstice. Interesting enough, but nothing. Nothing I saw was anywhere near as interesting as the hol- the origins of Halloween. When I went down that. Um, that wormhole, um, a rabbit hole or whatever. I, uh, man, that, that was absolutely fascinating. But one of the things you mentioned that so popped into my head when you mentioned the North pole, most of the modern Santa was mostly an American, um, invention. Coca-Cola did the image, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, the North Pole, like Santa just needed to be from somewhere. And the North Pole was just a thing that happened to uh, be in the pop culture. Like it had just started being explored. And there was like stories of someone made it to the North Pole, you know, like landing on the moon or something like yeah. that. And so it was this exciting thing. And so they're like, then that's where Santa lives. <laughs> we love <laughs> land. Like we found another place <laughs> with land on it that we can walk to. I know. It is. It is. It's funny that that like we get to a place and we're just like, yeah, we're just going to trash all this place. We can just <laughs> walk to another, another place. Yeah, it, it um, is interesting thinking about the, it's sad to think that we would just perish on this earth and not go explore space, but it's also sad to imagine us exploring all of space and colonizing all of space and making all of the rest of the cosmos just here. Maybe half of it? Yeah. Let's take over half and make the other half the landfill? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just a, a landfill for, but it's, I mean... The idea of getting to Mars um, and living in some sort of bio... I had a biodome episode um, at around the start of COVID, um, and it was it was pretty fascinating. But uh, it it didn't sound it didn't sound great um, and or practical to like ship an entire you know however many billion people to a biodome. Um, yeah, we would somewhere. have to be able to terraform it fast. Yeah, yeah. Or become digital beings that can not need like all the constraints that a physical body does and just like send a little like robot with our consciousness in it to other places. All that seems way more complicated than being like, oh, I wonder if we can do a little more with the desert that we already have <laughs> or or uh, take better care of the oceans or anything like that would seem would seem like it would be easier to take care of a robust planet uh, like just booming with life everywhere 
then trying to just get life started in a void on like a moon or Mars or whatever planet. But yeah, I think it's just an ultimate backup. But uh, but anyway, North North Pole. I guess that's I guess that's where that uh, that connection um, was made. So what a strong I, brand, North Pole, Santa, elves, <sighs> reindeer, sled. I mean, sled comes with the North Pole kind of, but you know, chimney cookies. Like I'm wondering if this was all added like within the same years, or is it just? accruing every year like a little bit more like maybe cookies and milk wasn't around till 1962 and then the reindeer wasn't around till like 1920 or something yeah i don't totally know of some of those things but a lot of it was just a lot of it was thousands of years a lot of it was just winter solstice with um what was it it was like a german and um christoph kringle <laughs> in another region they they would there's the the thinking is is that odin was actually the first inspiration because winter solstice you'd have um the uh, yuletide where so it was just kind of much like when we talked about in halloween it was the seasonal change where you know, everything needs to be harvested. And now this is when people are really going to, uh, starting to think about death because mm. winter is coming. And that's when the majority of death and at least suffering is going to happen. Winter was just so brutal for so many people for so long. It's it's kind of unimaginable. Even, even to think about like, my grandparents having having uh ice houses <laughs> and stuff you know like they would just fill a huge warehouse with enormous blocks of ice and then you'd just go and buy a chunk of ice to stick in a uh like large cooler you know not non-electric freezer or whatever of the time to keep your stuff just ice refrigerated just yeah ice. your freezer was just ice and then it like expires and that was that was such an advance compared to what uh, you know eskimos or hunter gatherers or whatever else we're having to deal with through so much of our history it's amazing but um yeah i, I guess so so then winter solstice was around the time it, it it seems like it was it was just kind of around the time when it stopped making sense to feed some of the livestock because mm, they're going to um, die. Yeah, because because it was like around the time where you're you're going to be butchering them anyway and so now you're just paying for feeding them or whatever and and so as long Damn, as there's no last meal and, even you think you'd give them a last meal no you get but last, you, it, no meal so they would that was a big part of it was they would they would slaughter a bunch of their livestock around that time so it was already rough and then it was kind of like you know the midway point of getting through um you know the the brutal time of year but then you'd have this big slaughter and you'd have all this meat and so you'd have this uh, these festivals 
and the Yule log, you'd go down and just so. One interesting thing is the evergreen trees are they're the only tree that stays alive all year round. You Which know? trees or are those? Probably not the only. Those aren't the, pine, are they? Yeah, like pine trees. Oh, pine yeah. trees are evergreen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, so so that's the kind of origin of the Christmas tree. It was, it was the symbol of life when everything else was dead. You know, the leaves were off of everything else. And yeah, people were food was in short supply. And, you know, and, what's funny uh, is I've never noticed that pine trees were evergreen. And I grew up around pine trees, like from age zero to to like 12 i was around them all the time there was a huge one in our backyard but like till you said that i was like oh yeah it never did it never did do the whole die in the winter thing did it yeah yeah so it's the sign of life in the winter so they'd chop down like a huge one get a get this get like the biggest log that they could and then they'd kind of burn it in this ritual over um over days i forget how long i think it was like two weeks or so um maybe not quite that but uh, yeah so then there's a lot of myth and lore like the the number of sparks in the fire was the amount of uh of livestock or whatever else that you were going to uh, get the 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 bounty that would predict the bounty of the harvest so you'd want to get a large log because that would have more sparks so that more sparks would mean a bigger harvest and more food next year and and um i wonder you know, I'm sure throughout history, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, my, oh, I hope there's enough sparks because this were." <laughs> and then a lot of other people that were like, you know, this is bullshit, right? It's just like a fun thing that we do. <laughs> Shut up. We're trying to get this thing off the ground. We need to be in malls by 1982. So do you think the sparks represent the Christmas tree lights? Like the lights um, are a are a mutation of what the sparks um, of the log was. Well, maybe, but the the ornaments were. Um, I, I mean, this was this is everything was so before. This is before electricity, so candlelight was a big thing um, around that time, and so I think you'd have decorative candlelight, but so dangerous. Or, Let's take a dead, dry tree and put candles on it. <laughs> at least if you're cutting down a live tree it's going to be a quite a bit more fire resistant than uh one that's been dead and drying for a while it does take a long time to season wood i don't know if you've uh ever had a fireplace oh yeah um but uh yeah it's making fire you, when you, you want to make isn't it properly seasoned yeah, when you want to make fire, it's impossible. When you don't want something to be on fire, like you accidentally, like an <laughs> ash falls in the yeah the trash cans. <laughs> like, come on, stop setting the whole place on fire. But I remember, yeah, last time we were at an Airbnb with a fireplace, it took us like 40 minutes to get it going. Mm. With, with just gasoline. Just do the easy route. You, you just, just those fire starters that you can get at. They're at a lot of gas stations, but they're definitely at like a Home Depot or whatever. Uh, those man, those those little bricks are incredible. It's cheating for sure if if you're like trying to rough it when you're camping and do the thing and make it a whole production. But it's the easiest thing in the world if you just throw one of those like 
you you can't not have a fire happen. Yeah, I'll cheat at everything except relationships and games. Everything else, <laughs> though, I'll cheat. Like, yeah. oh, it's cheating to cook this faster to get the fire going. Let's cheat it up. Yeah, yeah. But games I, and relationships, no. I yeah, I'm uh, I'm a real stickler for games and playing playing board games by the rules not just by the rules but understanding the rules and understanding why they're the rules and yeah. why they make logical sense and like sometimes there's there's games that are good and then they'll add an expansion and because the expansion was added after the fact it it's not you know it would have been it would have been a little bit different if it would have all been created at the same time from the start. And so there'll be like an element, like one card that's kind of broken in a way. And it's a fun, like I really enjoy analyzing that and having conversations about like how, how could the rules of this game be better to make more sense. Yeah. Cause it's not even about winning. It's not about like, no, nope, we got to play no. by the rules. So it's at my advantage. It's like, no, let's actually get it. And not even when you're playing with people, but playing a, a solo video game, like looking up the answer to a puzzle, that's cheating. Yeah, yeah. So like no cheating there. Yeah. And yeah, I like to be able to understand the logic of it and just how it works and uh, and why and finding new strategies. So yeah, I'll, I'll get like, I'll get irritated if people uh, like, use strategies that make no sense that show like a lack <laughs> of understanding about how the game works or is played I'll, i have to like catch myself because yeah. i'll get irritated but was something that i have no tolerance for is if someone cheats in a board game it's i just i generally just assume they're a bad person yeah because you're doing it for nothing <laughs> like a fake yeah what a are fake you interaction doing? Maybe it's for so poker, crazy. but then if you get caught, then they throw you out. Oh, yeah, if you're playing poker for money and you're playing strange. I, but I'm talking you're getting together with a couple friends <laughs> to play to play some board game, and then I cheat during <laughs> that board. That There's a game that encourages cheating. They've, like, integrated it into part of the rule set where that, that's I forget what then it's, it's called. Not cheating. Yeah. No, they they found a way to make it fun where you can technically steal other people's cards or lie or stuff like that, but there's some mechanic where you can also get caught and if you get caught then it's then it's over, but if you're not caught then it's like, yeah, I just stole your your money while you were sneezing or something. Yeah, I uh it's like we'll play code names a lot if if people are on Patreon and uh you see you see a post for my board game night um we often play this game code names it's a word association game you give a one word clue to cover as many of these 25 cards that are laid out in front of everybody the clue giver sees what cards are your teams and the clue guessers have to guess what cards are are their team's cards based on the clue givers clue and some people so you go like um sky for three because three of the words are associated with sky in some way you're hoping that they make the same association you did and once in a while someone will be like 
okay for th- for four because four of their words start with the letter K. And it specifically says in the rule books you can't say stuff like that, but it's not a rule that I even have to tell people because it's a good if you say some shit like that, it's like, oh, I just don't like you. Yeah. Like that's a good <laughs> Or if you made test. up a word and combined all the four words into one. <laughs> yeah, just play the fucking game the way that it's meant to be played. Everyone will have a lot more fun, I assure you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of trying to win at this. Um but yeah, that's a funny that's a funny thing. I hope we make a board game one day. Uh, it's it's a weird thing that I'm uh it's it's like I don't know where to start and I'm intimidated by the prospect of it, but my uh my buddy Grant Lyon who I introduced to board games, he made he his He never own, even played Monopoly. Well, in his adult life. Oh, okay. He had never played a board game since he was a kid. And um he made this party game. I actually haven't played it because it came out just before COVID, which is a rough time to have a party game yeah. come out. Kiss the Grant, the party game. <laughs> Give mouth to mouth to people is the game that I invented right before COVID. Respiratory system twister. <laughs> And uh, it's a game called Curmudgeon. Well, I, I have no idea how successful it was because of COVID or whatever, but it's it's impressive looking. I still haven't played it. And he has a, he has another one almost done. And then he has another one that he's pitching to like a big board game manufacturer. And he has a board game podcast now and all these uh, all these things. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> How hard is it to actually make a game? You've made apps, app games. And yeah, stuff, but that's right? solo. Um, making a, a two or more player game that's balanced and that can't be uh, exploited easily or get tired of easily, that seems like a challenge. Except for if you were to just use another mechanic as a template and just like tweak it, which most people probably do that rather than mm. start from zero. But I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. You you just kind of combine the mechanics that you like from other games and combine them in a novel way. And um, yeah, starting from zero know. is impossible. Like you need to have some sort of ambition or like, oh, I'm inspired by this uh, this river journey we took when we were riding on tubes. And wouldn't it be fun to capture riding tubes on the river in a board game form or some like stupid story like that, then it would be easy. But if you're just sitting in a blank room and it's like, how do we have fun using cards, dice and a rule book? Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, well, this is, um, even though we weren't planning this, this is coming out. We decided to put this out early in December since it's just all of December is kind of the holiday season and there's other holidays outside of Christmas in particular. And I actually, I've, I'm trying to get more people into board gaming generally. I love it so much because it's, uh, especially if, um, uh, like if you don't drink, which I do, but if you don't drink, it's hard to find 
it, especially at certain ages, it's hard to find a way to get people to get together that isn't just let's go to a bar or whatever. And it's what I really like about board gaming is it's a way to, um, I, it, like the dead air in a normal conversation isn't dead air if you're playing a board game. So if you're yeah. playing a board game, you can stop and break off into a conversation whenever anyone has something interesting to say or whatever. Oh, it's my turn? Oh, sorry. I was just crazy about this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to you don't ever have to like feel the need to force conversation when you're playing board games yeah you, know, you can just concentrate on the game and so i think they're awesome gifts for people i think they're making a huge um comeback in terms of in terms of actual adults playing them um and so they're they're good gifts so I was wondering what's a what's a couple of your favorite board games? Code names, for like code beginners. words, pictures, resistance. Haven't played Risk in a while, but I want to throw Risk up there. Mm, Risk is good. Risk ink, is good. I ink and gold. Um, Istanbul. Uh oh, I've got some beard in my mouth, but this will just make for more <laughs> interesting conversation because I'll have to articulate words using a different. Uh, you know, strategy than I normally do. Uh-oh. It's not coming out. I gotta just swallow the cotton and just get over it. Uh, let's see. What did I name? I named Resistance. I named uh, Codename Pictures. Anomia is fun. It's a I've card. never played Anomia. Um... I'm not Code gonna say chess. Are- chess is like too too big and too... Of a chess isn't even a board game. Chess is chess. Chess is chess, and it's it's just one on one as well, which is fine. If like, if I like stuff uh, that's skill based and easy to learn, and it's okay if there's a little luck involved. But if it's just a dice rolling game, that gets boring pretty quickly. So a lot of our favorites, or maybe not favorites, but the ones we knew in the '80s and '90s, like Game of Life, uh, Story. Uh, trouble. Uh, sorry, the American version of the Canadian one. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, those ones are mainly just you pop the popomatic trouble or you roll the dice, and that's that's it. You can't really employ some strategy, but yeah, stratego. Codenames almost is almost no luck whatsoever. I mean, there's a little bit of luck involved here and there, but uh cuz you can get you can have a lucky guess that wasn't what your um clue giver intended you to guess. Yeah. But there's uh but it's it's the rules are really simple and it's a very cerebral game. I know uh, comics always like it because comics like word association stuff and have kind of a, a they just take to it pretty easily yeah your personality can shine through and you can also use it to say what you know about other people's personality like the hints you give will speak something to what you know about them or what shared information you think you have yeah you can get to know people a little bit it's an easy entry point i've played i've played with like um like young cousins of mine that are like you know I think as young as 
like 10 years old and I've played with like my grandma who I don't think has ever learned a new game in her <laughs> adult life. And, and I've, I've played with board game geeks. I've played with people that haven't played board games ever. And it just, it seems so universally appealing. That's why I always played at board game night, but I really like, I like, uh, the game pandemic not just because we're in one i loved it beforehand because there's a bunch of good expansions for it if you dig it and although it is a bit difficult to learn if you're on your own as long as one person knows how to play it's a cooperative game so they can help everyone else play until everyone is up to speed which generally just takes like one game and you have a and you have a sense of it yeah but lot, so many cooperative games in, it's like yeah but if if you but with a cooperative game you get like a whole spiel of what all the rules are and then you're just kind of okay i guess i'll play this card and no one can really help you um or a competitive game, but a cooperative game, everyone can help one another. I like that. Um, I like small games that travel easy. Hanabi is another comp- uh, cooperative Hanabi's game. Hanabi is fun. One-on-one. One-on-one co-op or more. Yeah, or more. And uh, it's I, I have almost lost two friends over and <laughs> over that's the Hobby. best part about board games is not the cards or the colors or the winning or the bonding it's going at it and almost ruining friendships and the people that can separate your board game personality from your real life personality they're solid but you shouldn't take it outside of the you know outside the mat yeah keep yeah, it on the mat sure. in the yeah, keep Hinabi. it in the ring keep it on the court you're, you have everyone can see your cards but you, and they're trying to clue you in to what your cards are, and everyone's trying to clue each other into what their cards are, and you got to, like, remember the clues and remember what cl- cards they were for, and and then there's, there's things that you can in- imply that have, like, higher levels of sophistication, but... But the logic will make sense, so people should be able to make an inference about what cards they have based on a clue, but it's not necessarily obvious, and it can be so frustrating sometimes. It's one of those, it's the the curse of knowledge, the the bias of the curse of knowledge really comes out. You know it's obvious to you, (laughs) and like, how doesn't this person understand my clue? It's dignity, Luann. Don't you recognize (laughs) dignity when you see it? Yeah, it's like charades with, uh, or Pictionary. I wonder what the categories are. I'm sure there's a a really helpful infographic showing what the categories of all games are. So you've got like your charades, Pictionary, trying to communicate knowledge with limited bandwidth type of game. Mm. Uh, You've got your hidden role game where you're the secret Hitler, the secret werewolf, the secret murderer, the secret something where you know you're bad, but nobody knows who the bad one is. And then you're trying to sneak in yeah and then you've got like conquer all using the money system and trading sort of stuff there's there's so many fun categories and some people think of board games as like i don't like dice i don't want a card i don't want a little car where i collect children like the stupid <laughs> i want to want to just stand by the fence and drink beers and complain about my wife <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, come on, let's play the secret hidden role game. Maybe you can vent some frustration you've got built up there, buddy. <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to think of, there's this, is it Telestrations? Uh, yeah, yeah, Telestrations is Is that a is Pictionary fun. style? It, yeah, you draw and then pass your drawing to the next person, and then they guess. Like, you, you get a card, like Santa. And then Ooh, you, so what a you, coincidence. Try to, <laughs> you try to draw Santa and then you pass your drawing to the next person. You're hopefully playing with like eight people. And then they they look at your drawing and then they guess at what they think um, they think the, your drawing is. So then they they write the word like elf. Because they're just like so, it's a game of telephone essentially. Oh yeah, is what Pictionary telephone. Yeah, and then the next person, instead of seeing Elf, reads it as Elf, uh, the character from the eighties sitcom. It tries to draw this Muppet, and then and then the next person guesses that it's Snuffleupagus, and so on. And so the end result is like if you're. If you're good and you're lucky, sometimes you get it's the exact same thing that you started with. But a lot of the fun is in the ridiculous outcomes of what got lost in translation. Yeah, along and the especially way. where you can see the progression of the the initial word and where it ended up and where it went wrong. Normally, one person is responsible for where it went horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I I also I used to do board game nights at. Uh, at the bro house in in LA where we would have like 30 comics over. And I always liked when once in a while someone wouldn't get, I, I would never tell someone this when I was giving the instructions. Cause I just wanted to see if someone would make this mistake where, where people wouldn't put it together that the picture is based on a word that's off of a card. So it's not just a made up concept. So like someone was once like 18 dicks on a wheel, like is what they thought. Cause it was like a pirate ship wheel or something like that. It's like, well, you I just realized that that's what it looks like. You would need to s a card that says 18 dicks on a wheel. That's what you're <laughs> guessing is that there's a card. They just wouldn't like get that aspect of it. And then that's when things really go off the rails because then the next person has to draw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I like... Um, this is the board game episode now. Uh, these are all great Christmas gifts, if you ask me. I, I'll, I'll just name a couple more. What um, if we didn't mention Christmas once, but we still had the outfits, so it's like we, we still had to make it the Christmas episode? <laughs> There's, uh, I mean, this is what we do. We don't ever, we go in with a plan, but we don't stick to it ever. No, just like our um, lives. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I if if you're if you're playing with with more than it depends on how many people you have um like there's this game machi koro i i bought for steven banana recently um they're digging that that's a really good because uh, that mechanism is a um is is like a tile building a, 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 yeah builder um 
but um, great artwork too. If I'm thinking of the right one, uh, no? I don't think you're thinking of the right one. Bad no. artwork. Oh, yeah. A good artwork game is Dixit. Instead of instead of code names, pictures, get Dixit instead. Get the eighteen on a wheel version. Yeah. <laughs> you got to sit on all eighteen on the wheel. Uh, there's. Uh, speaking of sexual euphemisms, there's a game called Bang. It's actually an old West game where everyone's cowboys, and it's so much fun because um, there's uh, like between six and eight people is great. Everyone knows who the sheriff is, but everyone has a different role. And it's one of the few games that depending on what your role card is, like whether you're a deputy or an outlaw or a renegade, your objective of the game is different. So everyone's playing toward a different end, a different objective and you get to lie other than if you're the sheriff because everyone knows you're the sheriff but you get to lie about who you are so if the sheriff's turn you can like act like you're the deputy so that they won't shoot you and then if you it's someone else's turn you can act like you're an outlaw or something like that anyway and people know uh, how many bullets you have i think that's a main part of it yeah yeah so if you're it's, out uh, of bullets like in the movies like i i know you shot 3 times and i know that that model of gun only carries yeah, three bullets. Yeah. So what's it going to be? <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, uh, yeah, the dice game's really fantastic. So yeah, there's some some board games. If you're looking for Christmas gifts, not the easiest thing in the world buying Christmas gifts. One of the first ever Here We Are episodes that I did, it was about gift giving research. And the main thing is, if someone ask for something for Christmas, just get them the thing that they asked for. Way too many people are like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to be really clever and inventive and, you know, make you something myself or like think of a thing that's precise, well intended, but think about it like a, you know, like a wedding registry is a very good example of this. You ask for like, uh, plates you know, and you get macaroni uh, art of you and <laughs> your husband yeah it's like we're try we're a scared young couple getting <laughs> our first home and trying to like get a little bit of a help after spending all this money on a on a wedding we actually needed plates <laughs> we <laughs> don't need the fucking macaroni uh, thing, but most but, of the time, people don't even list what they want, or what they right. want is too expensive to ask for, or they already bought it and they. So I think I'm one of those people too. I'm one of those people that's difficult to shop for, but I always yeah. try to uh, communicate that don't shop for me. But that doesn't work though. So how do you, how do you truly communicate that like I really don't need anything? Actually, I figured it out this year and part of last year. Socks. I do want socks now. And then asking I, for socks, very easy. Easy to get them. I I I like I didn't get into um my younger brother actually got me into the like fancy like you know socks with various designs and stuff on them you ever try wearing and different designs on each foot that's what i call wild times 
<laughs> That's a very creative name for that. <laughs> I call. Hey, are, did you intentionally wear two different socks? I call it wild times. Actually, yes, I did. I call it wild times. You can write that down. Um, you can use it. You can use it. Just tell people I came up with it. But yeah, you can. You can use it. You can spread it. Big fan well, of spreading. They intentionally do that sometimes these days, and uh, and that is um, kind of because they they're different, but they pair well together. So I have a few pairs like that. I thought of a good Christmas gift. So this is the sort of thing I like. Um, there's uh, I I like fancy like writing utensils. Anytime calligraphy I'll go to, pens. No, but metallic sharpies. Well, now I use markers mostly. Um, but I I do like metallic sharpies are are pretty nice, but they bleed through. They're a little much. The the um, brand sharpie actually is terrible at those metallic pens, but there's some good ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like this Uniball Jetstream pen. It's not super fancy. It's a little high uh, higher end, I guess. Uh, if you're just in like a target or something and as far as pens go, but, and they're not the easiest to find, but they don't smear and they write well. Some people don't think they write smooth enough, um, but I'm particular. And now I've found that markers are, uh, even though my hands usually like covered in marker, mm-hmm. um, I, I like that, but I have, I found a notebook, Let's Term, L-E-U-C-H-T-T-U-R-M. Already deleted it. term 1917. Um, And their thing is, is that all of the pages in there, it's a fine quality notebook anyway, but all of their pages are numbered. And then there's a table of a blank table of contact. Contents in the. For the organizational fellows. Because otherwise it's just, I'm lost. I'll write three pages on this and then three pages on that. And sometimes I don't pick up a notebook for a week or two, and then I'll just open it up and start writing something without even looking at the last thing that I wrote. And so it the very much helps. The only flaw is that you have to write it in the table of contents. Whereas we're used to the it, computer where it's indexable and you can search by even an incorrect search term might bring it up, but... That's true. I mean, that's that's the huge advantage with computers because I, in terms of what gets my brain working, the regular old pad to pen, pen to pad, whatever is uh, is by far that's I've just write higher quality material and thoughts and everything else. That it's way. a meditation too, using different styles of of a writing utensil on different kinds of paper it can unlock things that you wouldn't have gotten to on the notes app on the word document on the google drive on the any any sort of screen thing it's a different ball game it is kind of when i think about people using typewriters um it's just like man how did they I guess you just write it out on paper over and over again and make notes and then start typing it from the beginning. 
knowing exactly what you're going to type. Or we were just better at it the way that uh, studio musicians would would get things done in one take. Like they would just roll tape and then they would play the song all together in a room and be like, great, no mistakes on that one. And now good luck finding someone that can play without a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes now. Everyone goes back and deletes the mistake and speeds this up and rearranges it. And you can take infinite takes. And maybe back in the typewriter days, they were just like, you had to be good at one take thought to... To typing, otherwise you just weren't a writer. You yeah, that's cut interesting. There, there is kind of like this, um, this. Uh, it's not called this, but I'm just going to call it that. Wild times. Of, it's it's called wild times. Um, <laughs> there's there's a this like guardrails hypothesis. It actually might be called that, but but the idea that actually putting guardrails in can in certain circumstances this is a metaphor in in circumstances um make people drive faster and uh, because they have that certainty protect, that certainty that protection of the guardrail but then because they're driving faster they're in at least as much danger as they were without guardrails you talking about the big cement medians? Like a guardrail over a cliff. Oh, you know, okay. Like you go you're going around it. You're going around a turn and there's a guardrail. Oh, so and you mean you like you would still yeah, you'd still go over it, but Yeah, because you're driving faster because because you have the safety net, you uh there's something about having the safety net that like doing a stand-up makes set you not have with your when you have your notes there, you're like, ah, oh, I can't do it by memory. But if you force yourself to go up without a notebook yes. or your phone, it's like, well, it's just me versus whatever I can produce right now. Yeah, and and I th- I think that's sort of you know what you, what you were getting at with the uh, typewriter and studio uh, storage and our brains just like. Why can't we do that anymore? Don't have to anymore. <laughs> Simply don't have to. Why can't we swing from trees? Like even uh, yeah. the, the fittest human being, like they can kind of swing from trees, but not the way a normal like chimp can do it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Use it or lose it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, back to... Um, do you, you want a little more Christmas origin or do you just want to talk about holidays? Let's do, let's we'll do a, a little, little I don't even have that much more origin. Um, so what, a, so the, it was like my, the way that it's represented in the a few like documentaries and stuff and a few things that I read, it made it seem like this Yuletide, time was uh very rambunctious like it was it was a real party it was really people blowing off steam you know you've been cooped up for a long time you get to have a feast there's alcohol and it was this time of year where all of the social norms were kind of intentionally upended so the uh the masters would like uh, dress as the servants and the servants would would boss around the masters and stuff like that and 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 then there was 
there was just the yeah i was thinking when i was looking through this um about the idea of of uh we we talked about this before and I tried to look it up and when I looked it up it seemed like I was debunking what I was saying but I I I still am not sure that it was always the case that I think that the best time um to maybe get pregnant would have been around that time during and Christmas it, yeah just cuz you're because... born in the summer or what or born in or even before i i think anytime like anytime the kind of between halloween and christmas because you're hunkered down anyway and then it's not the early pregnancy isn't taking on that many more resources and then why was it debunked or why did you think you debunked it by looking it up? I forget. We did an episode and I was trying to look it up and, and just like my little bit of Googling and trying to see what month people were born the most uh, most in. And in our modern era, it, it didn't seem like there was a significant um, difference. But that might have been worldwide, too. Because different climates, yeah. Yeah, there's different climates, so who knows. You'd think, um, it, you'd think it would favor one month. Just by nature of either people are getting it on more in the summer or getting it on more in the winter, but just completely even, it seems weird. But it would seem weird. Everything else has a mating season, and yeah, we have all of this flexibility. But you would think there would still be a little bit. You you would see some differences. You would see some trends going on there, and it seemed like. Uh, you know who who knows how these historical records were kept and how much judgment was placed by the people writing these historical records uh probably the type of person that sat down to write historical records back then was maybe not the funnest person in the, <laughs> in the world and maybe judge like they're out of control in there and <laughs> partying and having sex and everything's upended <laughs> and so who who knows how much you can actually trust that stuff but it seems like there was a lot of mating ritual behavior going on kind of like the halloween and the bobbing for apples to determine who you're who your husband was going to be. There's sexiness oh. in every holiday, and then we take it away. But Spe- we also bring it back. Speaking of apples, too, there is a, they used to use apples to decorate trees. Those eventually became ornaments. And I'm not sure why that was, because I must have a misunderstanding of the evolution of apples, because I thought that apples weren't really worth eating um, and only worth fermenting until not to like a few hundred years ago. And we're talking about traditions, thousands of years old. So perhaps that's wrong. And apples, maybe were acorns eating earlier. What's pine, up? Maybe it's acorns or pine cones. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, but regardless, it's, there's probably addressing your question of if if all the reindeers and all of these things all happened at once maybe um maybe it happened over a long period of time because it did it did seem to 
Uh, so kind of got, once Christians moved in at first, it was the same thing as Halloween where they're like, yeah, we'll let you keep your traditions. Yeah. As long as you throw a little, throw a little Jesus in there, you can keep your traditions. And then over time they're like, yeah, you gotta get rid of (laughs) that tradition. And then they, uh, they got what they dealt in that. Now the, the Jesus then got taken back out. Yeah. I mean, it's still kind of there, but come on, Santa, it's about Santa and the, even even saying that it's overly commercial argument is is kind of integrated within it like no one even cares it's like yeah yeah we know but still it's it's going to keep going actually that's one of the that was one of the takeaways that i found to be the most interesting about christmas was that winter solstice yuletide it was about debauchery and and uh and like consumption from and just partying from the onset and yes there was like odin would is odin and zeus the same the sky i don't think so Um, i mean odin is norse and zeus is greek but i'm just trying to figure out what it parallels as i i think odin is norse but anyway I have no fucking clue. I'm I'm sure I'm spreading all sorts of bad information, <laughs> but but there is there was uh, there's speculation that that was the early Santa. There was a time, there was a day of the year where he would go through the sky and you couldn't look, but he would judge people for being good or bad. Nice. And uh and then and then there's also you know, you've heard the Amanita muscaria. Yeah, the the red mushroom thing. with the white dots on it that make you feel Christmassy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the idea is is that there's these Siberian reindeer herders. So this never came up in any of the just light research that I was doing, other than I've heard from other people talking about it, but. Reindeer herder, uh, reindeer herders. There was shaman that would store up these mushrooms, and then they would drop them um, uh, off during winter solstice for for people as uh, to basically trip. And when the shamans tripped, they would they would ring bells. They would sit on like a a reindeer pelt and ring bells. And it was like, kind of like they're flying or whatever. Cool. If, if reindeer would eat them, it kind of would look like they had a red nose or whatever. And, and I think reindeer would eat them and jump up really high. Like they were flying. Um, And as the story goes, they would, they would pack up these mushrooms in a sack and take a sleigh around to all of the, and because it was winter, oftentimes the, um, the doors would be like snowed in. And so they would drop them in through the chimney. Cause that's all that they could get to. So that was the gifts that they would drop through the chimney. That's a lot of it. That's, that's a lot of it. And it's very exciting story. The older I get, the more I hear stories like that from the psychedelic community. I'm like, yeah, that sounds a little too fun. And <laughs> I, my guess is it's bullshit. I've been burned too many times by stories like that when I like find out the truth of it. Like, ah, actually, that was kind of made up. Wait, the, but, the dropping it through the chimney part? 
like I don't know. I haven't looked into the just just generally. It makes sense whenever, if you look at it from the long like it's not like they did that all at once, but over the thousands of years, like maybe a mm-hmm. few times it happened, and then it became part of the lore. Even if only yeah. like a couple of people were were dropping the 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 mushrooms down the chimney, but then they told their kids about it and their kids, and then it just became part of the universe. Yeah, yeah. There's there's also I just I do question it a little bit because there's just such a tendency in the psychedelic community to be like, these are sacred and they've been doing this, and you gotta what you do is you go and you do this traditional practice and like actual anthropologists that I've talked to that go and study tribes and prove it. It's like, Oh, they're, I mean, it's not like they don't do it. It's just not as regular as, as you would be led to believe. And they kind of project whatever, like people come to them for help and they just kind of are the mirrors and like give people what they want you know and they're making money off of it or whatever as well and so they're just kind of like building a story around it more than is um actually in line with uh with reality that seems to be the case um quite a bit and that one sounds real though yeah, just because none, none of it sounds that crazy, because like they're taking the mushroom, and then it's it seems like the reindeer are flying, and they. Yeah, I I, I should look into it. I hope it's true. Either way, we'll um, never really know. Yeah, and that's not me like shitting on people that believe that stuff about psych. It's just that, as far as I'm concerned, psychedelics speak for themselves. They have good, you know, they have their amazing experiences that you can have, and I think the science bears out in the end, and it doesn't really, I think, like embellishing past stories and everything and creating lore around them is unnecessary. It's like you don't really need lore around a self-driving car. It's like, it speaks for itself. It's fucking awesome. Well, it was you know? developed mainly by George Hotz and a little bit by Lex Friedman on this one car. And then, uh, yeah, who else is working on it? I don't know. Elon, I guess. But, um, but yeah, so that, that's, but that, that is, that's cool if it's true for sure. Um, but I, I didn't see that in any of my like little bit of research that I did, which wasn't enough. Um, but it was one of the interesting things was that the, and like this Christmas almost went away. So Chris, uh, Christianity kind of tried to co-opt this winter solstice or they did co-opt the winter solstice and then they tried to make it. Basically, they tried to like control it more and which I don't even think a lot of that stuff's about power always, you know, I think I think it's just a lot of it is you're in charge. You think, you know, what's best for people and it there's a world in which it makes sense for you not to be like drinking and (laughs) causing a bunch of ruckus and like 
uh, having sex or whatever else. And it's especially convenient that you don't have to follow any of the shit that you're prescribing on others, you know, like you do it yourself and you're like, well, yeah, sure. I do it a little bit, but like everybody else shouldn't be doing this stuff. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a pretty natural part of the human condition. And then it's just, you, you give anyone, enough power and authority and that's just sort of a natural expression of of what how they end up like commanding people yeah because they think they're they're helping they're um it's like in the handmaid's tale where the guy says better um better isn't always better for everyone i don't know if that Mm. makes sense but just they they're gonna make the world a better place but they recognize that like okay it's gonna be better for this section but maybe these small sections here we'll have to eat it a little bit because what they're doing Can't argue isn't with good. our birth rates mm-hmm. that's a fucking great show by the way handmaid's tale yeah yeah we stopped around season four or something i think it's good but up you kind of get tired of it after a while yeah maybe i i don't think i've seen past that either i mean there's only so many times you can watch june stay behind like, yeah, no, I'm staying behind until every last person is free. Like, okay, they're just renewing it for another season. And the original book is like 80 pages long. It's fun to notice stuff like that that also fucking ruins things, you know, for you too when you see it. I was watching uh um John Adams on HBO. Um I looked, it's considered one of the best HBO shows of all time or, or mini series anyway. Sounds and exciting. John Adams. <laughs> it's, you know, I know fucking nothing about modern history, which probably comes through in, in episodes like this. It's just not something that I gravitate towards. I, I like, I like the long depth of evolution and, and, uh, and comparing it to, and thinking about how it expresses itself in our modern world, but I don't know much about like American history or modern history or this or that war. Yeah. You don't know how much of a blip it is. And if you look at the long scale, you can really get an accurate picture and have a predictability model, but look at the last 20 years. It's like, I don't know. Seems like a lot of stuff's happening, but also it could be forgotten in a hundred years. We we had uh, so we started watching this John Adams, uh, my buddy Steve Gillespie and I, who's he's big into he's big into history, mostly like dudes that banged a lot in history. It turns like hence anytime the, he tells me the a car history, dildo. Yeah. Anytime he tells me a history lesson, I'm like, wait, is this just about some dude that bangs a lot? <laughs> so you're talking Genghis Khan and Wilt <laughs> Chamberlain and, uh, and Ben Franklin. Oh, Ben Franklin. Oh, yeah. Hellfire Club. He did bang a lot. It's probably why he didn't want to be president. He's too busy getting <laughs> his D wet. Who the fuck would want to be president? I had a fun tweet that I actually enjoyed um, the other day, which was uh, Biden. Biden was like transferring power to come off while he was the colonoscopy for colonoscopy. And, and I tweeted something to the effect of I would get a colonoscopy <laughs> every day 
if it could get me out of presidenting for a few hours. Yeah, it seems just like seems the worst. Like, it seems like the worst fucking job imaginable. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's, it's had the reverence in a while either. That's how, that's why it's like, how the fuck can you trust anyone that wants to be president, really? Because, ugh, who would, I, I mean, not that, listen, I don't want to do anything. So it's like, I, I suppose I could say this about any job, but being president seems like a, a special kind of nightmare. Lives on, blood on your hands, and also <laughs> blood on your hands, even if it's not your fault. It's still like your your administration is represented by you. Yeah, it's yeah. the Biden administration, the Trump administration, even if it's like a lot of the people who are number four, number 17 that made the call to blow up that village that was all Ill- innocent civilians. It's still you did it because you're in charge yeah. of all those people and you don't really yeah. get to see what they do. Right. Maybe right. every now and then, like, you know, Obama and gay marriage or something. It's like, yeah, he did it. He granted the rights for it. But. If they're doing tons of stuff right, you just really don't know unless you're mm-hmm. if you're already a fan of them. I can't say what they did right, but they possibly saved the world a bunch of times. Who knows? They probably <laughs> saved it from economic collapse based on some boring decisions they made. But to me, no, they just go golfing. And all they do is just fuck it up and some yeah. of them fuck it up for worse than others. And you're voting for the person that fucks it up the least. Yeah. That's the, I mean, no one, that's the, that's the crazy thing about, um, pandemics. Like we just, uh, next week we have a pandemic history episode, um, coming out. And one of the crazy things that we don't mention in the episode is just, there's all of these ones that were actually, they caught it in time and they stopped it. And you just, you'll, you'll never know, you'll never appreciate the pandemic that didn't happen. You'll never appreciate the sickness that you didn't get. You'll never appreciate the like engine on your car that would have exploded had you not like done the proper maintenance or what, you know, you'll never appreciate those things. You just, it's just so much more salient when the problem actually like putting out, that's why so much emphasis is on putting out fires because that's the things that we can see. And then it's like, Oh, and we have to do this. And then you can see it and then you get credit for it or it yeah. just, Even if you don't, it just needs to be done. Isn't there, I mean, there's that Mr. Magoo uh, cartoon where he's like loses his glasses and he's blind and he almost dies all the time. But then his dog or his cat, someone keeps (laughs) saving him, but they're completely oblivious to how they save it. I think they copied the format for Animaniacs with the little, the little girl that says like, okay, bye. And then almost is constantly getting into danger and then the the dog is just freaking out trying to save the kid ah uh, man i used to love animaniacs i don't remember a moment of it were you a fan oh yeah every episode watch oh, I, yeah. I would get home from school i'd watch animaniacs gargoyles batman the animated series yeah parents would get home yep. so then you had to shut it down for a bit and then yeah. like be a good uh homework person or whatever i pretended to study and then i'm a good homework person (laughs) oh our son is really at that homework it's probably not a ruse at all 
No, I, I watched so <laughs> much TV. I watched so much cartoons. And yeah. if I didn't watch it, that means it was really bad. Because <laughs> I was even watching stuff that someone my age had no business watching. Like, you shouldn't be a, a teenager and watch New Heart. And then after you see New Heart, you watch the Bob Newhart show. <laughs> yeah. And you watch Laverne and Shirley and Happy Days and just... There's it's uh, probably all uh, fine, but I'm I'm gonna give a shout out to my uh, my uh, good friend Ken Reed. He has so he he had like a uh, fairly dysfunctional family. So he was he was like just completely raised in front of a television, and um, that's just all he did. And he knows fucking and he he just has a mind and a retention for it and he is just like into he's really into the behind the scenes stuff and the various choices that were made and just obsessed and so he has this podcast that's fantastic called tv guidance counselor (laughs) where he has like every tv guide that was ever made and if you're the guest on the show you pick a TV guide and then you go through the week and then you pick the shows that you would want to watch like MacGyver or whatever. And then he just riffs about those shows and all of these, like he just knows everything there is to know about every fucking actor. It's insane. Yeah. Check out, check out Ken Reed's TV guidance counselor. Oh, and maybe not that good, but I bet I would be a good, uh, challenge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just something uh, about it, like, just because there wasn't, or internet w- was slow, and there was only one computer, so if someone else was using the computer, then you couldn't use it, so just TV was such an escape, and mm. you just found the best thing that was on one of those 30 channels. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, we did have video games. It must have been so much more of a necessity to just like, well, there's only two things on TV. We'll watch one <laughs> of the two things, and that's you. You better enjoy it. And the the um, editing was so less tight. The way that um, stuff is always trying to keep your attention now, and before they just took for granted your attention. Like, well, we're the only thing on TV, so we can. Coming up next to the stage is a fine young comedian. Uh, please give it up for uh, Rob Reiner, or I don't know, he's not a comedian. Damn it, he's a director. But anyway, they would just the the time yeah. it would take for someone to get up from their seat, walk to the stage, like they would just keep all that in. And I, I watched this episode of the Ed Sullivan Show where Colonel Sanders was on, and he just brought buckets of chicken, like the actual Colonel Sanders. And 15 minutes of the episode was the stagehands just handing chicken to the audience. And they weren't even making jokes at the desk. They're just like, mm-hmm. Yep, good. Passing out some of that finger-looking good chicken. And it was just a normal episode of TV. Wow. Now you've got carpool karaoke, and now the kids from Stranger Things are going to come and uh, you know <laughs> climb up on my back and like yell uh, insults at me. And now they're going to, uh, Reggie Watts is going to call his mother and then hang up on her. And now it's just, it's, it, there's, there's a famous thing. It was, uh, 
it was the first realization. I wonder if you'll know what I'm talking about. It was the, it was this editing realization where in one of the first TV, you know, this like silent film and stuff. They were like, what if like when he gets out of the car, what if instead of him like walking up to the door, what if we just cut to <laughs> him walking in and be like, well, how will they know that he <laughs> like what transpired? <laughs> my my favorite. Um, my f- and a genius was like, they'll know. I think they'll actually know. <laughs> like yeah. connect the dots and seamlessly put together the story. My, my, Sorry. My favorite version of uh, an editing decision. I forget which show it was, but basically they're ramping up for this court scene where the, the woman is going to gain or lose custody of her kid. And then you're like, oh, looks like I'm going to have to deal with a courtroom scene for 45 minutes. And then they just cut straight to the end where they're like crying and hugging. Like you don't even see a judge. I'm like, that's brilliant. You <laughs> you sense that the viewer did not want to see a courtroom drama and you just keep the story moving. Yeah, and then on yeah. the opposite end of that spectrum, I watched some movie where they every time someone made a phone call, you watched them pick up the phone and dial and go hello and then hey it's blank blah, blah, blah. just like cut all that out we don't want to see people making phone calls making facetimes <laughs> 45 minutes yeah. of them dialing i uh it's yeah it's uh it's interesting it's 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 uh like with vr and everything to figure out what stimulus is important for a story for for your consciousness to tell a story where there's not uh you know where where you're suspending disbelief Mm. where you're fully immersed and it's not necessarily the quality of the graphics like you can be looking at kind of this stupid cartoon doll looking thing and immerse yourself in it it's more it's all these other factors and i i don't know if i told you this this one the the uh university of iowa they have the world's biggest vr lab and this the last episode i did with them it just stuck in my mind uh that they did this study where they'd put a vr on people And then they'd have a camera in the back of their head. And then in the VR, their avatar is facing that way behind them with like, and they can look down and like, you know, they see their body or whatever is behind them. Oh, so their camera floats behind them so that they're experiencing seeing themselves. Yeah. They're like flipped around basically. But they don't see themselves though. Right they 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 see an artificial body like flipped around in front of them i believe i'm probably screwing up like the eyes details. on the back of your head yeah like eyes okay. on the back of your head and and if you just so i think you just have to have someone standing i imagine and now you have eyes on the back of your head but in in the vr thing you're oriented as far as you know you're not used to having eyes in the back of your head so that's forward to you 
And then they have someone approach that then is like represented as um, in the VR. And then they come and they touch you mm-hmm. on your back right shoulder. But in your VR, that it's your front right shoulder is what it looks like from the eyes in the back of your head. And you feel it on your front right shoulder. That's where people feel it. You feel, feel it, it on the side it, that the eyes are telling you? The eyes are telling so you. So you listen to your eyes more than you listen to your touched. actual yeah. touch. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mo- most of the time or all the time? I don't know. I should have asked more about that because I was just... However he explained it, I was just so blown away by it. I should have asked follow-up questions. There's going to be Plus, so many cool things like therapies ago. of uh, using that like VR where you can kind of project outside of yourself and maybe live part of a day while looking at yourself from a bird's eye view. So you stop just, I don't know, something about always bit- being inside these bodies is like messing us up, getting in our own way. It doesn't take much. So people that have people that have um, phantom limbs. So you lose your left arm. No. And uh, and <laughs> did you say no? Yeah. I just had to like I had to simulate it and then adapt. And I'm like, at least it's not the right arm. Oh. Right arms, Michael Jordan. This is not even Scottie Pippen. This is uh, Ron <laughs> Carter. Still good, but. <laughs> So you you lose your left arm, you still have a left arm represented in your brain, and that makes all these weird misfirings happen, which is why you have a phantom limb. And in some cases, people have like unbearable itching, like phantom itching oh, that no. happens on their limb or, or cramps. They'll have cramps in a limb that doesn't exist and pain is in the brain. So it feels just like a cramp in a real arm and there's no resolution to it because you can't scratch a thing that isn't there you can't massage a thing that isn't there unless and so what they figured out yeah you're <laughs> you're you're getting the foreshadowing the very simple just mirror box you just put a set a box up and where you put your right arm out And then there's a mirror so that it looks like you have two arms. So your right arm is reflecting off. So it looks like you have a left arm as well. And then someone just scratches your right arm for you. (laughs) And and you just look at that, the other side of it. And even that rudimentary that you don't consciously believe or buy into, that's enough to scratch the itch in your brain damn and and relieve that itch or cramp optical illusions are so powerful yeah um so and that'll uh, be fifteen hundred dollars for that procedure you see the mirror (laughs) box had to be custom fitted to your body so it costs extra to get mirrors shaped like that you could make your own mirror box pretty easily so Back to, let me skip forward in, in Christmas to more modern times. So uh, the the some of the bigger parts that influenced the modern era, because there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff cross-culturally happening with like 
uh, various versions of Saint Nick and, and whatnot that I haven't looked into enough. We'll do that next year. Or maybe we'll do another Christmas episode because I wanted to talk about what your Christmas uh, holidays and stuff were like. Um, we haven't even uh, gotten very far in this conversation. But um, there is the... So uh, what happened was when people started going to, the, uh, to America, they were trying to distance themselves from everything that had to do with like European culture and traditions. And there was a lot of judgment about this. There's a lot of like Puritans that moved to America, uh, you know, that, that, uh, to escape that, it or to become even more pure to become more pure. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where the trouble starts. And Puritans almost ended Christmas. Puritans, the hyper-religious people, they were trying to get rid of Christmas because Christmas was this festive time. And people, there was just a period of time where people didn't know what to do with it. This is before Santa as we as we know it today. This was a lot more, um, yeah, you know, pe- people were... This is long past the Yule tide that was uh, that was well before uh, Jesus existed. If he did, and he and and there was, uh, there was like a lot of back and forth with whether this is a time for fun or whether this is a time for solemn and prayer, and there was. There was a lot of uh, judgment about the elites partaking in these, uh, you know, big feasts and jealousy involved in in that mm. and not wanting to associate with that. And then um, so uh, the one of the first thing. So then like modern writers that we're familiar with today, they actually saved Christmas. So. This is something I didn't know, but when you watch uh, A Christmas Carol and like Scrooge and everything else, that was actually, uh, that was a real, um, uh, like, that, that piece of literature was a way of saying, hey, let people have Christmas, because at the time, Americans were like, we're hard workers. We don't take breaks. We work every day. And some people wanted to celebrate this thing. And they're trying to figure out, do you give people time off for this? And um, so books like The Christmas Carol actually revolutionized Christmas. It wasn't just some fun story about something that was already going on. Christmas probably wouldn't be what it is today if it weren't for uh, the Christmas Carol. Yeah, and neither would DuckTales. Like I or, like that they just they just took Scrooge from another story. Like, what if we took Scrooge from A Christmas Carol and made him a duck? And he had three nephews. <laughs> and and I uh, fucking loved that And what show. if we took Baloo from Jungle Book and had him fly a plane? <laughs> there. I'll be, okay, I'm going to lunch. Get, get, get to work on that. Get to work on my new hit show with my new original characters. Oh, oh yeah, and throw in uh, the Daisy Duck or whatever, so that there's a girl. No, when not you Daisy. Say it like what, that, what is I'm her like, name? Man, we should just write a TV show. How hard can it be? <laughs> but TV's also gotten quite a bit better. 
And worse at the same time. It always goes out in all directions. Rich get richer, yeah. poor get poor. Life gets easier. Life gets crazier. Uh, yeah. uh, it's the best time to be alive. It's also the worst time to be alive because I don't know. Just go watch a video from the the seventies or something. It's like oh, back then everything was the the cars are boxy and there's no computers, but also there's no computers and there's. They're smoking cigarettes everywhere. They're having drinks. It's a good time, and it's rough, and it sucks. Yeah. You, like, I don't know, you leave behind a piece of your soul, but you technologically innovate, and I don't know. Maybe it's supposed it's to be queen. like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I So we're, we're recording this before Thanksgiving, um, and I should probably wrap up, but... Uh, I don't know, maybe we'll do a second one. But do you do you have any plans for this thing or for this Christmas? No. Or maybe. You know I don't know no actually. Plans, yeah. I think I think we might uh stop in Texas for a little bit. A mm. Texas Christmas, but that's it. And I think it's nice. after Christmas a little. Okay. You? You're gonna be there? Uh I think yeah, I think I'm probably doing some stuff with the extended family or whatever. I don't know. Should be should be nice. We this missed be... it last year. We did a Zoom Christmas. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. We had a... I, I made like a Zoom Christmas card um, to send to everybody. And it was it was like fine enough. But that's like 10, 20 years from now or 40 years from now or whatever. Stuff like that. All of the stuff that's insanely cliche and irritating to us right now is going to be like whoa that i remember that that was fucking <laughs> that was a wild time what you mean like the, uh the, the zooms and yeah like having e-cards. to do the zooms because of the pandemic and all of that i already all, miss parts of 2020 all of stuff that, we all do yeah parts of it yeah yeah, yeah. um it was the February so, uh, 29th of years. <laughs> like normally the year isn't like that, but every once in a while there's February 29th. You're like, what? <laughs> February 29th of a year? Okay. Let's just be in this wild time year. Oh, uh, you have any, uh, you have any, uh, what are you getting for Christmas? Do you know? You got a, uh, Socks. I wrote Santa's socks list. on my list, and uh, I might want one of those controller things that you use to edit stuff. It's got like a wheel and a bunch of buttons, so it makes drawing Ooh. and editing like a, a faster thing. Still doing some research. Just want to get nice. a low-end one. What about mm-hmm. you? What object would you like? Uh, some notebooks, I think, and... Uh... I think I'm going to get a, a steel drum. Hell I, yeah. Put it, on my, put it on my Christmas list. I I watched a few reviews and stuff and was like, oh, actually for for like $120, it seems like you can get a pretty damn awesome steel drum. That's ridiculous. That I thought it was like a thousand minimum. Well... Yeah, like once you're pro, but for for like a really good beginner one, 
Yeah, you can get a really good one. For, and it's like, all about making a bad instrument, or not even bad, but making a cheaper instrument sound good. Because if you can sound good on the cheap instrument, then once you switch to a, a more expensive one, it's you'll just be flying. And yeah, yeah. It, it really shows that the magic is in your in your hands. And uh, I might have told this story already, but the story of Steve Vai and Eddie Van Halen came to his house and played on Steve Vai's gear, which was very crappy at the time and settings were all wrong. And uh, Eddie Van Halen picked it up and he was described as, and he had the nerve to sound like himself. (laughs) He had the nerve to sound like himself on my crappy gear. And then it taught him that, oh, the magic is in your hands, not in the the instrument, but nothing wrong with good instruments too. Yeah, interesting. Um, cool. Well, uh, I, I'll tell you what I uh, would love for Christmas is some Patreon support, and it's a gift for yourself as well because you get all of our bonus content. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a good holiday season, and um, and do all of it. make it merry, and don't let any dogs um, out. Don't let any dogs out <laughs> just kidding you can let the dogs out let them out you think after all it's christmas <laughs> <laughs> who invented the voice find out next time who came up with that santa voice how come he doesn't have vocal fry how come he doesn't uh it, it stutter? was i think it was uh I think it was a play on like oil barons and stuff at the time, like very rich people. Yeah. There, was like a, there was like a large bearded like oil baron and it was like an imagining him giving all of his stuff away and kind of evolved. He's got a lot of coal that. to give away. So he's in energy. He's in the energy yeah. production business, the industry. He's yeah, got in some in oil. always nice. Some in so coal. They, when they when they started fussing with Santa in America to like, how can we make this profitable? How can we get people like buying stuff and festive? They made them like rotund and jolly and <laughs> playful and and uh, it's still. It, I always wonder how many how many of our belief systems are kind of these. Um, uh, like phenotypic expressions of our of our genes these kind of these mimetic things that influence culture and these cultural transmissions that that lead to um you know the spread and survival of of our genes and it's like it's it's an expression of something more nuanced that's within us and then how much of it is just like Here's a stupid lie that you can tell kids to get them to <laughs> behave. And then there's a there's probably like a little bit of both going on there, you know, it's a species that evolves to lie to its offspring to get them to be like not so much of a pain in the ass until they're old enough to be less of a pain in the ass has a more of a survival advantage. Yeah. And it teaches you to not trust anybody. <laughs> don't trust anyone not even us your parents i know santa is like it fucked with my head a little bit when you're like when, when you were uh 
did you pick up? So my thing was, is I had older friends. I just happened to, I had friends that had older brothers and such. And then it's, you know, like friends when you're a kid are just proximity. It's like, whatever you got, whatever's on these three blocks, whatever kids are around, that's who you're hanging out with. And I just happened to have a fair number of older friends and so i i kind of um it, i kind of felt like i i got the the hints of that santa was a lie a little earlier than a lot of other people and then there is some friends of mine that just refused to believe <laughs> it to like something crazy like fifth grade or something oh like wow that. i think i knew at like three or four something really early yeah but. i was around three i i i was i was definitely by four um i don't know about three definitely by four but uh, i was also I told uh like you know but also like some kids believe in maybe not at three but pretty early like yeah some some folks are religious and some folks believe in god and jesus and that's that's okay i mean we don't but you know we're like just be uh, be careful with other people's beliefs so i was always a little more careful and not to just be like oh you believe in god you believe in uh santa and the easter bunny that's it's just interesting. yeah you know you kind of respect it which is the ultimate uh you know better than you uh stuck yeah. upness where you don't even have the respect to to, to, to be better than them. The dogma one is a rough one. That's the one that I had. That was like, these things were not to be questioned or even asked about. Like, even asking questions about, like, what? but why would this happen in the Bible? Like, you don't ask stuff like that. Yeah, who knows? Maybe you okay. would have had it out of your system, and now it's, like, turbocharged where you have to ask <laughs> why to everything. <laughs> Exactly. You're like talking to the purple psychedelic lady and you're still like, yeah, but how do I know you're not like just some little program running in the back of my head? I'm the great eternal purple lady. Yeah, but I don't know. I got some questions here. Now that I'm allowed to ask questions. I got a lot of questions, lady. Um. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we're all shaped by many things. Yeah, that's good. Um, you got to keep those questions coming. Otherwise, we don't have a show. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys are awesome. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the episode. More importantly, hope you enjoy your holidays. Uh, it's just because we aren't starving to death in the winter famine uh necessarily anymore and get to be a lot cozier and don't have to worry about ritualistic sacrifices and uh, getting us through for this period of time it doesn't mean that this isn't an important time of year to like get uh, you know blow off some steam for your mental health and everything else so i hope you do enjoy the holidays and uh get to connect with friends and family and whatever else you got going on and uh, we will uh talk to you next week so until next time keep on salivating honeys Ding.